Today I want to share with you part four of this series we're in called Fight for the Family. And I want to talk with you about building a real home. Next week is Mother's Day, and I want to talk with you moms next week about leading your family to a real place of safety. But today I want to focus on being, building this real home, and, and not a physical structure, but building an atmosphere that will allow your family to grow into all that God wants your family to be. The Bible says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. God started the very first family with one man and one woman. But then God says it's not good for man to be alone. So God created woman, and together man and woman made up the very first family. And together, Adam and Eve built the very first home. Now, many of you this morning are in the process of building your home. Some of you have not yet started building your home, and some have built your home, raised your kids, and your your kids are out of the house. But I want to say to you who have empty nests right now, and, and your kids are grown, you still need to build a real home. So that when your kids are home, there are certain things that minister to their needs when they are home. So this message is for all of you this morning. The question is, what kind of a home should you build? I want to share four things that I believe makes up a real home. A a happy home, a healthy home, and a God-honoring home. Write this down. First of all, build a shelter. Build a shelter. Build your home to be not a bunker to protect your family physically, but build a home that protects them emotionally during all the storms in life that they are going to face. The truth is this, life doesn't always go as planned. Storms come. Storms hit our lives. And sometimes those storms kind of roll in like a tsunami and they're they're devastating. We think we'll never rise up from that storm that, that hit us so hard. Sometimes a storm rolls in and and completely destroys your plans or the plans of your children. And that's why you need to build a home that's a place of protection, a, a place of stable, a place of security for your family during the storms of life. The Bible says this, reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. And then his children have a place of refuge and security. Men, women, you need to have deep reverence for the Lord, and that will provide your home as a place of refuge and security. And if you've got a relationship with the Lord and, and you're part of God's family here, you've got a place of refuge and security right here in God's family. When the storms hit, you can run back to your small group, those that you know well, and and you can ask for prayer, and they can give you counsel, and they can give you comfort. But your kids, when the storms hit their life, where do they run? If you have not built a real strong shelter for them, where can they run when the storm comes? The question is, do they have a place of refuge? Do they have a place of security in your home? That they know that they know that they know that they can run to you in the home. And they'll find a safe refuge. Can they bring anything home? Can they talk to you about anything in their life when they come home? 
They're going to face all kinds of storms, moral storms. Am I going to save myself for my husband or my wife? Financial storms, physical storms, emotional storms, intellectual storms. You're going to go off to college and some professor is going to put a lot of stuff in their head that isn't really true. And they're going to ask a lot of questions, intellectual storms. But there are three storms that all of our kids are absolutely going to face. Write this down. Build a shelter for their times of change. There's going to come change in their lives. Sickness will come and change their plans. Change one of our daughter's plans when, as a sophomore, she had to have back surgery and had to stay home and be homeschooled for most of her sophomore year. Sometimes sickness will change their plans. A job loss will change their plans. Saving up to get the first car, but lost their job. Failed relationships will change their plans. In the midst of all of those changes, they need a family that they can run to and count on in the midst of the storm. They need a shelter. They need a real home that they can run to. And when they run home, they find a listening family. They find a caring family. They find a family that is willing to stand with them during their time of change. Next, build a shelter for times of failure. Your kids will not always win. There'll be times when they fail a test. There'll be times when they don't make the team. There'll be times when they make the team, but the team loses. There'll be a time when, when they, they go out and they graduate from high school and they get a job, but they don't get the promotion. They get their first credit card, but then they go in debt and they go bankrupt. Things don't always go as planned, but if they can run to a home that loves them and hugs them, a place of shelter in the midst of the storm, they can handle life's failures. The Bible says two are better than one. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone alone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one to help him. Family members need to be fans when their kids are losing. Amen? When their kids are going through times of failure. We need to be fans. And, and, and if we are their fans and we're there for them, they can go through tons of failure and make it. Next, build a shelter for times of rejection. Rejection is the most difficult storm to handle. Nobody likes to be rejected. Not one of us likes to be put down. Not one of us likes to be criticized. But that happens in life. Some of the most difficult rejection that you and I experienced growing up happened to us on the playground. You know, kids can be cruel to each other. If you don't believe kids are sinful the day they're born, just have some. <laughs> the Bible says they're born sinful. Kids can be ruthless. And many of you remember the pains of a child when you were on the playground and you were embarrassed or you were put down as a kid. And if you didn't have a home that you could run to, where a mom and dad reinforced the positive things about you and built up you, your, your heart and your mind and your soul about the gifts that God put in you, maybe you're still dealing with that emotional wound from way back when. The Bible says one standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Kids need to be able to run into a home and have mom and dad back them up. And as they get attacked, they can keep their eyes out. 
They need a mom and dad who's got their back. You know, when you play baseball, the goal is to get home because when you get home in baseball, you are what? Say it with me. Safe. You are safe. Home is to be a place of safety. It's to be a shelter during the times of storm. It needs to be a place where your kids can home and cry, come home and cry because it's safe there. That's what a home is for. It's a place where you can let down. It's where they can let out the frustrations of the day, the hurts of the day. It's where they can be comforted and cared for. Some of you remember the, the pain of breaking up with your first love. That's a tough thing. And when you go through that storm of rejection, you need a shelter. That's why I think divorce is so painful. Because the place of acceptance, home, becomes a place of rejection. That shelter from the storm became the center of the storm. You see, God always meant for the home to be a shelter. And when you've got a home that you can run to, when the storms of life hit, your kids can handle change. They can handle failure. They can handle even rejection. Folks, build a shelter, a refuge for your family. Second, write this down, then build a school. It's in the home that your kids are going to learn how to do the basic things they need to do in life. They're going to learn how to walk. They're going to learn how to talk and how to talk nice. They're going to learn how to eat. They're going to learn how to worship God. The Bible says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction, not of the world. It doesn't say that. The training and instruction of the Lord. A real home teaches their kids the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some have said the bottom line in training kids is knowing which end to pat and when to pat it. Good job or not so good a job. But when you're training your kids, you've got to at least find a way to take them through these three stages. From parent control to self-control to God's control. That's where we want to move all of our kids to where they're surrendered to God's control. Now, the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. So Jesus grew in wisdom. He, he did study. He learned. He grew. He grew in stature, physical growth. He grew in favor with, 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 with God the Father. He grew spiritually. He grew in favor with man. There was relational growth going on. And those all ought to be the goals for your kids. Those are things that they should not leave at home without. But here are, here are three things that you've got to teach your kids in your home. Build a school where you teach relationships. It's in the home that your kids are going to learn how to relate with other people. And if they're going to be successful in life, they've got to learn how to do relationships. So at home, I want to encourage you to model that relationships are worth saving. They are worth saving. By working on them, by talking out problems, by asking forgiveness, by being humble and saying, I messed up. Model that relationships are worth saving because when you do that, you're teaching your kids how to relate with others the rest of their lives. Teach them at home how to do relationships. Then next, write this down, teach them character. Teach them character. Much of what you are, you picked up from your mom and dad whether that was good or whether that was bad. And I don't know about you, but I'm amazed at how much I'm kind of like my dad and how much I'm kind of like my mom. 
Anybody else looking in the mirror and saying, oh, wow, there's dad. <laughs> there's mom. Oh, no. You know, receding hairline. You know, some of that stuff's happening. You look in the mirror and you see some physical changes, but the older I get, the more I'm seeing that I picked up much of my character from my parents. Character is caught more than taught. You know, I, I, I kind of have a, this perseverance within me. I don't, I don't like to give up. And I look at that, and it's, I learned a lot of that from my dad, who was a, had a small farm. We, we had a small farm. And dad just never quit. And when the farm income wasn't enough, dad started driving a school bus. And I just never saw dad quit. Mom's been selling Avon. She's now about 82. She's been selling Avon for 50 years. She just never quit. Just never quit. A lot of smelly stuff growing up in my home. But they, I just caught from them perseverance. And from my mom, kindness. Man, she's kind. Faithful, loyal, honesty, those things, your kids are going to pick those things up. But don't tell your kids, be honest. But then when the phone rings and they say it's for you, you say, tell them I'm not home. <laughs> You're teaching them to not, not be honest. You, you tell them, lie for me. It's in the home where character is caught. It's there that they're going to learn to be a person of good character or they're going to learn to be quite a character. It's what you model. Next, build a school where you teach values. It's at the home that your kids are going to learn what's most important to you. They're going to learn what you value the most. Is it work? Is it your own personal time? Is it money? Is it your toys? Is it God? What do you value most? And your personal values are going to come through loud and clear to your kids. You're not going to have to tell your kids, this is what I value. No, they know what you value. What do you value? And it's going to come through. Well, the Bible says, one generation makes known your faithfulness, God, to the next. You need to understand that your home is to be a relay of values. Your home needs to be where you pass the values baton to the next generation. But what's scary about that is what are we passing on? What values are we passing on to the next generation and the next generation? You see, when you pass on the baton to your children, they're going to pass it on to the next generation. And that generation is going to pass it on to the next generation. Your home is like one link in a whole long chain throughout time, linking the homes that came before you to the homes that are going to come after you. What are you going to pass down to those homes that come after your home? You see, that's a really big deal when you think about it. You're not just influencing your kids. You're influencing your grandkids and your great-grandkids and your great-great-grandkids. So when I raise my kids, it's not just, are my kids going to make it? It's, if I raise my kids this way, how is this going to influence the future generations of my family name, of my family tree? We need to think about that. What you value, what you model now impacts what your family tree will value and model for generations. 
That's a big deal. So the question is, what are you passing on? What values? That, that work is the most important thing? That, that a good job and making tons of money so you can retire and live in a lush lifestyle, is that the value you pass on? Or do you pass on that God should be first? Will the things that your kids picked up from you be things that you would one day be proud for the kids of even your great-grandkids to be practicing and passing on to their kids? That's heavy, but we got to think about that. And the Bible says that if you're a parent, a part of your job description is to teach them about God. Not just teach them how to have table manners. Not just teach them how to ride their first bicycle. But your job as a parent is to teach them about God. The Bible says this. These commandments, God's commandments, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And I look at that verse and I say, why do so many parents not teach their kids about God anymore? It's because we don't walk anywhere along the road anymore. We get in our car and drive. It's because when we get up, we watch TV. When we lie down, we watch TV. The average child in America today watches over 1,000 hours of TV every year. If they get to be 18 and they're still an average American, they're going to watch 18,000 hours of TV. If they continue to be an average American and live to be 65, they're going to watch nine and a half years of TV. They're going to be on the couch for nine and a half years of their life. But get this. If you take your kids to church once a week for 65 years, they're only going to get four months of Bible teaching. You've got to teach your kids in the home. We as a church will assist you, but you've got to teach your kids in the home. So where are your kids picking up most of their values? TV or from you teaching them God's word? What are you teaching your kids about God? What are you teaching them about money? What are you teaching them about sex by the videos that you rent online? What are you teaching them about character, honesty, hard work and its value? What are you teaching them about the importance of the family? What will they know when they leave your home? What will they leave your home and take with them? What values will you have taught them? Folks, we need to not only build a a shelter, we need to build a school that teaches them about relationships and character and value and in all of that, what God's word says about all of those things. Third, you're saying, Pastor, you're getting kind of heavy, lighten up, okay? Third, build a playground. Build a playground. The home is to be the most fun place on earth. The home is is to be the place where you can kick back, let down, tell jokes, laugh, and just enjoy life. But that's missing in a lot of homes. Some homes get stuck on this second point about being a school. And the mom and dad, they think it's like a boot camp. And they got to be drill sergeants. And they blow the whistle. And they say, get your homework done now. And there's a time and a place for that. The homework's got to get done. But there's also a time for the family to be a place of fun. And it's all got to start with mom and dad. Look at what the Bible says to husbands and wives. Enjoy life with your wife. I just gave you permission to go enjoy life with your spouse. 
God says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. He goes on and says, be happy with your wife and find your joy with the girl you married. Moms and dads, sometimes we get so serious. It's time for us to go out and have some fun. And if you start having fun and you start enjoying some life, that's going to translate down to the family. You need to enjoy the person you married. And whether you have kids or not, you are a family and you're to have fun in your family. We hear it said all the time, the family that prays together stays together. But I want to say the family that plays together stays together. You know, whether you're a family that's into board games, I I hate board games. Anybody else hate board games? (laughs) My family comes home, they want to play these stuff. Anyway, (laughs) drives me nuts. But some families I've heard are really into board games. Some are into shooting hoops together. Some, like my family, are into water sports and camping, those kind of things. But find a a way to play together. The the, the basic problem in lots of homes is, is this. We just need to lighten up around the home. Parents need to lighten up. Kids need to lighten up. You need to laugh at dinner time until you just fall off your chairs. You need to have fun together. Wouldn't that be something if you actually had a home-cooked dinner meal together on a regular basis? And you were having so much fun, you were just falling off your chairs. That used to happen before our kids were out of the house. It happened all the time at our house, usually around the dinner table. Somebody would say something really, really stupid, and all at once, Mom, Shirley, she's back there laughing so loud, slumping in her chair, there's no sound coming out. She's laughing so hard. There's no sound coming out. Then all, you know, Scott and Sherry always had something in their mouth. And so they're gurgling now. And they're trying to not spit water across the table. And Leanne's laughing so hard. She's not at the table any longer. She's under the table now. And it happens all the time at the dinner table. And even today, though they're grown and they're married and they're mature adults, when they come home, it happens again laughing and just playing and having a good time with each other. The question is, are you having fun with your kids? Are you finding ways to play with your kids? Now listen, if your home is not a playground, if your home is not a fun place to be, don't be surprised if when they grow up, they don't care to come back and visit you anymore. You got to lighten up and have some fun. The Bible says... Children are a gift from God. Unless it's 3 o'clock in the morning and they need to be fed again. (laughs) They're a gift from God. They are his reward. Children are like sharp arrows. Happy is the man who has a whole quiver full of them. You know, Shirley and I are in this season that it's called the empty nest. And our kids uh, only get to come home on holidays and sometimes get to spend a little vacation time with us. And on this side of parenting, we are so glad that we made our home a playground, a place where they love to be. And we're glad that we put off some of the, the projects that we really needed to do to the yard and really needed to do to the house. And we, we put off some of those things and we took time to be with our kids because today it's, it's paying big dividends. Today our, our kids still like to come home. Our kids today are passing on We as we hear to our grandkids, some of the things that we did with them. And they're starting some of the same traditions that that we did with them. And and still today, they want to 
go on vacation. It's really fun to, to have them call up and say, Mom, Dad, when's vacation going to be? Just got a new job. Don't know if we can get the time off. But what are the dates? We want to be there. It's paying big dividends. If you make it a playground now, they're going to want to come back and play later. But things have, have changed, I got to admit. Used to be when I'd come home, the little girls, I'd open the door, and the little girls would come running and say, Daddy, 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 you're home. And they'd come latch onto my legs, and then I would drag them into the kitchen to see Mom. <laughs> Things have changed. Now when the kids come home, Shirley runs to the front door and says, Oh, you're home, you're home, you're home. And she jumps on hangs on the kids. <laughs> Way longer than they want her to. But she hangs on them for a while. They love to come home, and we love to have them come home. Build a shelter, build a school, build a playground, and last... Build a dock. Let me explain. A dock is a place where a boat or a kid or even a friend can pull up and tie up and take a break from the rough waters of life. Build a dock. You may never have thought of your home as being a place of ministry, but let me tell you, there's no no greater joy that when your whole family and your whole household is a ministry point for other people. The Bible says Stephanus and his family were the first to become Christians in Greece. And look at this. And they are spending their lives helping and serving Christians everywhere. Your home needs to become a dock where people can tie up and they can take a breath a break, they can find some rest from the rough waters of life, some care, some comfort, some prayer, some counsel. There's been no greater blessing than worshiping and serving God with my whole family. And there's no greater blessing as now watching my family develop their homes into docks. And I hear stories about how people are coming into their lives and into their homes, and they're now helping other people. Parents, your number one task is to make sure that your kids come to know and love and serve Jesus Christ. That's your number one task. But when they come to know Jesus Christ, your number two task is to make your home a dock. And you simply begin opening your home and start being hospitable. You simply start asking people to come tie up at your dock and fellowship for a while. The Bible says that hospitality is really the Christian's responsibility. The Bible says this, when God's children are in need, help them out. Get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. Man, that used to be so common in churches. People invited people over, constantly having people over into their homes, and it wasn't a big production. I grew up in a church that had a Sunday night service every Sunday night after church. Somebody would say, come to my house, and it wasn't a big production. It was just popcorn and iced tea. Or in those days, people still cranked and made homemade ice cream. Man, was that good. And so we were constantly being invited to come into somebody's dock and just tie up for a while, have fellowship. Moms and dads were visiting. Kids were finding something fun to do. No big production. It just was letting people kind of come in and tie up and take a break and get counsel and visit. But folks, when our culture moved from the front porch to the back patio, most of us forgot to invite people to go with us. Where do you start to make your home a docking place? You start by simply dedicating your home to God. Saying, God, I want this to be your home. 
and make it a hospitable, fun place. Make it a site for a C group. This, this fall, when we kick up all of our new C groups, call Pastor Carlos and said, I've dedicated my home to God. It's now a dock. <laughs> and, and Pastor Carlos, I want you to help me get some people to come tie up my dock and, and we'll host people for a C group. Make it a place that, that God can use and let people tie up there and take a break from the rough waters in the middle of the week and let them share their hearts and let them ask for prayer. Invite people to tie up, come in, take their shoes off. Well, maybe not. Leave your shoes on. But put their feet up and, and, and sit a spell. Build a home that's a shelter, a school, a playground, and a dock. Those are some components of a real home. Today, I want you to go home and, and take your message outline. And sometime tonight or tomorrow when you have devotions with the Lord and you, you listen to Him and read your, your Bible... Kind of go through these four points and rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. One, not so good. Ten, being awesome. How are you doing at, at building a shelter? How are you doing at building a school and teaching your kids about God? How are you doing it at building, you know, this playground place at your home? How are you doing at building a dock? Rate yourself. And I'm not sharing this with you today to make you feel bad, but say, let's bump up, church. Amen? Amen. Let's take it to the next level. Let's build better homes. And if you're a grandparent here today, you're not done. When your kids come home, they need to see that you're still honoring and worshiping God in your home. They still need that home to be a fun place. They still need it to be an atmosphere where they can let down. You're still building your home. You're just parenting in a different way. And they need to bring the grandkids, and the grandkids need to see that grandma and grandpa's home is a place that honors God. Amen? We're not done, folks. Let's go to the next level. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it? Father, I commit my home to you today. I commit to building a better home, a real home. And that's not something I can do in my own strength. So, Father, I'm asking you today to empower me to build a better home. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.